Hi, this is David Bass, Senior Community Coordinator for Star Wars The Old Republic, and you're listening to Corellian Run Radio. I'm Lizzie from GeekBombshell.com, and you're listening to Corellian Run Radio. Hi, I'm Deborah Shin, Product Manager for The Old Republic. This is Joe from Gen Jedi. This is Zach from Monsters Day Radio. Good for you. Mm. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jedi Elcat, and I listen to Corellian Run Radio. This is Jeffrey from Torocast. This is Jeff from ToroWars.com. I'm Matt Seipel. I'm his brother Bob. William. Rich. Daniel. Neil. Andrew. Evan. Hey, we're Dark Jedi. My name's Eric. I'm, I'm going to play an Imperial Agent, and I listen to Corellian Run Radio. And you're listening to Corellian Run Radio. Corellian Run Radio. I'm excited to introduce the hottest page on the internet. The three most beautiful women in uh, in uh, the old Republic gaming. Corellian Run Radio, you are? Yes. Corellian Run Radio. Corellian Run Lady. Corellian Run Radio. I love female gamers. I'm Daniel Erickson, and you're listening to Corellian Run Radio. Smooth like Lando. Hello, this is Stephen Reed for, uh, for the Senior Online Community Manager for the Old Republic, and you're listening to Corellian Run Radio. That's a little Australian. I didn't even know I could do New Zealand. So, uh, rock on! Listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. Hey there, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. This is episode 32, and we are recording Sunday, September 11, 2011. I am here today with my usual uh, cohorts, uh, Roxanne. Welcome. Hi, guys. And Carla. Hey, everyone. And today we have invited somebody very uh, that we met at the Fansite Summit and we thought it would be great to have on the show. Uh, welcome to Serge from Swotor Life. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you could join us. You're coming all the way from? Serbia, Serbia. It's yeah, well, in Europe. It's a small country. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you American listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for for come, to agreeing to come on the show with us. It's been uh, I'm glad we were able to work it out, especially on kind of short notice. Um, I just wanted to say real quick that the the opening bumper were the recordings that we did at PAX uh, a couple weeks ago. So those were people who were standing in line or who were at other fan sites, that kind of thing. They were all very uh, agreeable to to helping us out with a little opening bumper, so we hope you enjoyed it. Um, we had a little snafu with some of our audio recordings, so if we recorded you and you didn't make it on that bumper, it wasn't because we didn't like you, it's because we had technical difficulties. I hope we can do something like that again later. But uh, uh, So, uh, let's just jump right into, let's talk a little bit about your website, Serge, and tell us a little bit about what you do uh, for in, in the tour community. Oh uh, well, I'm just a, a big gamer for 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 forever now. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the moment I've heard that there's a Star Wars um, MMO in the making, I, I was thinking about creating a website about it. And when I heard that Bioware is making it, and when I heard what they're trying to do and how they're going to do it, 
I, I liked everything about it and started following it even even more. And um, there was a point in in last year where my wife and I sat down and decided that this is something we're going to devote some of our free time to. And when I got the uh, green light from the wife, then everything <laughs> else fell together, right? <laughs> so. Um, that's how SW Tour Life came to life, you know. Um, we do, we did before. We we worked with the Lord of the Rings online. That's what we liked to play together. And then we, since we're both web web developers, we decided to create a site for it. And you know, that's kind of the progression of how SW Tour Life came to life. Um, but that's we great. do news. We do little things. You know, it's just a fan site for everyone and for the. To be a part, uh, active part of the Star Wars The Old Republic community. That's the goal. Yeah, it's a. I, I would encourage our listeners to check out the site. We'll have a link in our show notes because there's there's always like some interesting column or article. Uh, Mr. Warlock is one of your regular contributors, isn't he? <laughs> and um, yeah. and Sotor Crafter. Uh, exactly, gets, Derek. Yeah, yeah, Derek. So there there's some you know if you really just like to talk about Tor and all the little nitty gritty stuff, then that's a, it's a good site to visit. And I didn't know that your wife works on it with you. That's really nice. Well, we we do everything together, so it's a uh-huh. big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, all right. Well, Roxanne, I know. Let's this past week, you ha- you were out of town, weren't you? Yeah, I went to the Outer Banks with a group of like ten friends, and we just hung out. We rented a, a beach house that was literally like on the water. Like when high tide came in, it would come under the stilts and stuff. So we just yeah hung out on the beach. I didn't wear shoes for a week. We just like. <laughs> everyone cooked every night so it would just be you'd be hanging on the beach and someone hand you a beer and then someone would make you salmon <laughs> and you would, that went on for like seven days and and now i'm back so yay sort of <laughs> uh, sounds great uh were you up to anything interesting this week carla just studying i'm trying to get uh, my continuing education credits done for to renew my insurance license. Boring! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even hard at work. And I have done nothing interesting, so I will not bore anyone with my details of <laughs> my dull life this week. So why don't we just move right on to our host challenge? Fact. You know it to be true. Or fiction. Nothing possible! All right. I'm going to read you three bits of information or three leads about the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed, and only one will be a fact confirmed by BioWare. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Are you ready, everyone? Yep. <laughs> or Carla. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> hey, you at least get to see him. <laughs> no, she, well, that's true. You did see it a few minutes ago. Anyway, lead number one. There will be no faction or rep grinding in Tor. Lead number two. In the new Tor comic series, The Lost Sons, Tenem Kel, the son of Satil Shan, is a Republic spy whose story will run parallel to the eight class stories found in the game. Lead number three. Valor can be purchased with mercenary commendations or war zone commendations. So, after hearing all three leads, which one do you think is the confirmed fact? It's all you, Roxanne. Is it really? Okay, well, I think... Two is wrong, right? Because isn't this uh, Satil son's name Theron or Farron or something like that? That's right. Yep. Yeah, I don't know who Tenebkel. Because I read the first um, comic, 
That's correct. And... Tenem Kell is from uh, Blood of the Empire. He was the main character okay. there. Okay. So. Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> All right. It's a that lore leaves, thing, kind of. That leaves number one or two, and or I one or three. I don't know if one is wrong, but I remember them saying that they were trying to. Yeah, I think that one is true, but it could be a trick. Serge, do you have any guesses? Uh, I'm so glad that Roxanne eliminated number two because I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know for a fact that uh, it was said that there will be no no faction grinding or anything like that. And I know that they do need uh, those two uh, different kinds of uh, badges or whatever they call them uh, for purchasing PvP gear. So, I'm, uh, But I'm not sure if they need like one or the other or they need to be together. So I'm going to vote for number one. Good. Right. That's that also my choice. That, yeah. That's exactly. Carla, did you have any ideas? No. Well, number one was as close as I'd heard. Yes. Number one is the yes. correct answer. Very yeah. good by the process Yay. of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was a. Actually, I saw that in, in Ask a Jedi interview where he just flat out said there's going to be no faction. They actually fighting. said that, remember, in a QA at PAX when they were saying, are you going to have to kill Wookiees to appease the <laughs> Trandoshan scorekeeper god? <laughs> and it was a Daniel Erickson or someone else was like, well, we're not going to have, like, faction grinding, if that's what you mean. Right, right. right. Like, Very uh, good. So a couple. And number three is Valor can never be purchased. So okay. that was the trick there. It's hey. just something doing but killing things these need to be um, or, harder apparently oh, i thought that was gonna get people i sort of said that was pretty hard because you <laughs> threw that comic book in there all right well good job you guys you used logic and smartness to to win <laughs> again for the 30 second time in a row yeah. um, all right well let's get on to the latest news and tour From the Newsnet and, and Beyond. All right. Well, that starts us off with there was a GamesCon highlights video from what two Fridays ago, and then we also got the PAX highlight video this last Friday. What did you guys think of that? Yeah, it was just kind of the the usual little fun videos of people saying how great the game is going Yay. to be <laughs> so yeah i mean it's fun to see them I, they're and they're just kind of and then they now always end with a pre-order now <laughs> thing at the end. so to me they just seem like little commercials for the game but you know they're fun do we know anyone in the pax video or oh uh i, I think jeff Hollis jeff think so yeah. yeah jeff was in there jeff yeah. and his yoda head yes his yes. little microphone <laughs> that was good i think that I don't remember. I did, and I did look. I don't remember seeing anyone else that I recognized. But he was the most obvious person. So, um, yeah, uh, Serge, do you? What do you think of those highlight videos? Well, you know, now that I'm a, a viewer and not a participant in those, it's it's kind of you know, okay, this is nice. It, it, it looks yeah. like a motion and everything. But I remember looking at that uh, Fansite Summit video, mm -hmm. and I was so excited because, <laughs> because it was documenting something that we were we attended. So, you know, yes. I just can't be too harsh on, the, on them for making these. I think it's probably like looking at Facebook photos of like a party you weren't at, where it's like really cool <laughs> yeah. to be there. <laughs> and otherwise you're like, these people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
well. They look silly. <laughs> I actually liked them because I wasn't at the Gamescon one, and I thought, okay, well, at least I get a little small glimpse. And then I thought that the PAX one was pretty exciting because I was going, oh, I was there during the filming of that. Or, oh, I remember seeing that. You know, so it was kind of like a recap of what we got to see. So sure. I'm one of those unusual people. I really enjoy those type of yeah. videos. I, I think it's nice as in, in conjunction with other stuff. Um, right. I, I would try it. I think when those things are unpopular, it's because maybe that was the only thing that came out of the, I think the Gamescom was a standalone Friday update, um, which is like, that That feels a little thin. <laughs> to, oh, to yes. We had so many people going, oh, that was the update. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I sympathize though, because man, I feel like these, these conventions are just like one after the other. So it's kind of amazing that they're able to get anything out at this point. <laughs> but, well, you know that they have to be a well-tuned machine to be going back to back from Germany to Seattle and then still get stuff out. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. But anyway. yeah, I, well, Stephen said, Stephen Reed said he was on the road for 17 days or something. Yeah. And he flew something like, 15,000 miles, or, or I don't know what the exact number was, but, you know, if you imagine yourself in such a uh, long trip and, and doing stuff like that, it would be really soul-crushing, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I bet his bed sure felt good when he got home. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, that also brings us to, um, on Friday's update, there was um, a dev blog by Alexander Freed where he talked about writing tour what did you guys think about that um yeah it was it was interesting what he mentioned that he worked on the comic lost sons and other work for that he's done you know they i think he was focusing on like the the comics and and novels and just saying what it's like it's worth a read if you haven't looked at it it's um and if you're listening to this podcast you're probably a big enough fan that you read every friday update but um, so there yeah there it was it was nice right on to the smuggler video there you go yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was fantastic um <laughs> It was the smuggler. Yeah, you know, they call it the smuggler character progression, which I'm not sure what the difference between that and the armor, armor progression is, because it looks the same to me. But, um, or that seems to be what it's hi uh, highlighting. So, so yes, I thought it was great. I loved. You know, it was just funny. You can see what I think they're highlighting the the humor of that class. You know, the 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 kick to the nuts and the and the and the Indiana Jones uh, meme. Reference, and, yeah, yes, that was and, funny. <laughs> uh, um, so I, 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 but I think there were actually some things in there that I thought were interesting because I hadn't seen them. We'd never seen the group stealth before, right? Uh, and that was cool. And you know, to make the Tarantatek, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like how they don't even fight it after. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the end. Yes. Uh, um, then we all ran like cowards <laughs> into the night. <laughs> Which happens again later in the video when he <laughs> runs away. But uh, but yes, I thought that. So the group stealth was cool. Also, just the look. There's a point where he the look of stealth in general, which has changed again. I don't know if anyone mm -hmm. noticed it. Remember the last time we saw a stealth move by a smuggler, it was like kind of weird and organic looking almost. Right. <laughs> um, it was sort of this camo look. And now they've gone. You get that kind of like that techie hexagon yes. pattern. Yeah, thing. it's green. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So yes, it's just it it's interesting to see the evolution of these abilities. Speaking of which, there was an ability in there, I don't know if I noticed where the smuggler throws something onto the chest of the mob that he's fighting 
and it kind of glows there for a second and then he shoots it and the guy just kind of gets blown off his feet i i hadn't seen that before did does that did that ring a bell with anybody here? it did with me i saw it but i didn't know what it was and i thought wow that is an amazing ability you know to Wait, we haven't seen it before i have not seen it if i have i didn't know what it was you sorry, know when sorry, i was looking ahead. at it so no, I have no comment. I'm trying to avoid the smuggler class as much as I can because I'm I'm actually planning on playing it uh, come launch. So, um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to uh, spoil the fun um, by you know um, getting too many things revealed. But you know, you you can't avoid being a, a fan site, uh, running a fan site, and, and avoid information. So. I kind of remember in one of the videos, like from 2009 or something, you know, that he used a similar ability. Is it a stun or just an extra damage? I can't remember right now. The way it was in this video, it's, it's extra damage. It wasn't a stun. The guy actually yeah. just kind of got blown. You know, he shoots him and then he gets knocked off his feet and disappears from the camera. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it was, uh, and that's funny that, that you're running a fan site trying to avoid spoilers. So are we. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. It is, <laughs> very. Just get closer. You feel like you need to avoid them more, and yet you can't stop. <laughs> but, I like the battle res. Did you see that? Oh, was there a battle res in the video? You didn't see that? How did I miss it? Oh, yeah. The, oh. the twi- yeah, Twi'lek oh, got, um, she died, and he rezzed her. Does anyone not have a battle res? <laughs> Yes, I think there are some. Yes, there are some that died. But I I really thought that that was cool the way he did it. Yes, you know, I didn't realize that that's what it was. I remember her getting revived. I didn't realize that he instigated that. But yes, that makes sense. Um, So... that was pretty much, you know, and they had, yeah, the, they had to have Bowdar come in and Falcon punch somebody. And, <laughs> uh, so it was just, it really made me, well, the, the thing that, the thing that kind of made me sad, though, is because I've been sort of thinking I want to play the gunslinger. And the reason I want to play him is because he wears the hat, which is like the dumbest reason in the world. <laughs> but, but the. But the video, I mean, the the scoundrel has so many tricks up his sleeve that I thought, oh, I really want to be able to do some of those things that he does. He seems to be the one lobbing weird, you know, grenades, or he he's the one that got has the group stealth. I, I'm assuming. I think it's the scoundrel is the one that has the stealth, not the gunslinger. So yeah, it's like, oh, maybe I'm gonna have to rethink my advanced class. I'm not sure. How about you, Serge? If you're, are you thinking of playing the smuggler? Do you know what what class you're gonna do? What advanced class you're gonna choose? I haven't I haven't decided yet because it looks I, I played a healer for so long in MMOs and I'm kind of getting tired of being a heal bot. Right. But, just uh, scoundrel spec. Yeah, right? but at the same time, you know, I'm so I'm I'm kind of used to to that role, so you know, I can't really decide between the gunslinger and the scoundrel just yet. And you know, the hat, really, the hat, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the hat was awesome. I am. Yeah. Turn trailer has the hat. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that's about it for the, that. I have all I have to say about the smuggler video. Anybody else? Nope. Nope. I thought it was just totally cool, though. I loved the little Indiana Jones references, even though they said that 
they weren't going to do some of that stuff. I I thought it was cool the way they did it without actually saying anything, you know. Yeah, there you go. I think George Lucas was involved in that movie, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was good, but anyway. Okay, well, that leads us to tour reporter interview with Gabe Amatangelo. Excellent overview of the PVP progression. Did you watch the video on that, Kathy? I did. It was fantastic, I thought. I I've never really looked at anything that Tor Reporter has done, although I noticed we were following them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I thought this was a really, really informative video. Uh, they uh, Go watch it if you haven't, because they just kind of nail down lots of little things. Some of the stuff that we've heard before, but... But uh, but but other things like the way Valor is going to work and the um, uh, things like oh gosh, the oh expertise stat which is going to be on some of the max gear of the PVP stuff and talked about how that the expertise is going to increase the output healing in PVP and increase damage to other players or increase your damage mitigation. So there's a lot of that little nitty gritty PVP stuff that's that was interesting. Oh, one thing I really liked was. And I think he actually talked about this at the Fansite Summit, but Gabe Amatangelo reiterated that the way they're going to reward people in war zones, um, you know, he said you are going to get you're going to get a medal for five kills and you'll get a, a better medal at 10 kills. But then they stop rewarding you for that after 10. So so there's no incentive for people to, you know, just kind of sit in the middle at, at, during hot ball like we saw at <laughs> and just keep killing people after a certain point, you know, then, so the, the things that they're trying to do to encourage, um, group, you know, organization and to fulfill goals that are useful to, to winning the game and not just try, going out and out and killing people. That reminds me kind of how, like, a lot of popular FPSs handle awards and medals, like Call of Duty, how you, there's, like, awards for everything and a lot of different things and that promote kind of like class behavior, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Oh, and like, and and he talked about how in Hutball, you get a reward for killing a, the your opponent like right before he's about to cross the goal line. Does like, it have that's a clever a name? Reward. I don't know. Like Xbox achievements. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Rather, and less of a reward if you're just killing him in the middle. So they're real, you know, they're really trying to 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 train the players to to play the game strategically, which I think is going to be a lot different than what we've seen in some other games or in wow <laughs> for instance um yeah uh yeah is there anything else that stood out to you guys i have a very interesting perspective on this mm -hmm. do you not guys not think that the expertise um stat that they're putting on this stuff couldn't couldn't that be kind of interpreted as like the same thing that wow did for resilience I mean, I got to thinking about this, and I was like, oh, don't you even go there. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want it to be as important as to PvP as resilience was in WoW's PvP. Right. Well, we already know that that won't be the case, because with WoW, it was like, resilience if the person was decked out and with all the resilience gear or whatever if there was no way you were going to be able to touch him if you didn't have pvp gear and they're still saying that what gear is only 10 10 percent 10 percent i yeah. do realize that that so. is only 10 percent but is that going to be significant with this particular expertise stat in i guess expertise makes up 90 percent of that 10 percent or something <laughs> i don't know or something yes um i i'm sure that I mean, 
I'm sure that's what they're going for. We'll see. But yes, I, I think sure. I'm, I think that the word expertise or resilience certainly. Actually, I never understood what the heck expertise and wow was. <laughs> so it's interesting that they're using that same word. Um, but, but resilience certainly does raise red flags for some people. But uh, but yeah, you know, they're obviously testing it. They're testing the heck out of it. And we're just going to have to see where it goes. Uh, well, I just hope that they stick to their guns because I was very, very excited to know that the your gear that you could get from PVP is only going to boost you 10% and not give you such a significant advantage that people that don't normally not PVP, yeah, they at least stand a chance against you. You know, granted mm -hmm. it probably 10% right. is a lot to me because I mean, it could, it could be enough to push you over the edge. The person that would be your opponent, if you had that plus 10%, would really have to know how to play their character well to really stand a chance against you. And you would have to know how to play your character well. If you, you know, had the extra 10% and you didn't play your character well, and they played their character really well, then you'd have a really good chance. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that it's they stick like, to that guns. It's not like an extra 10%. It's like a factor of 10%. Right, I understand. So it's like in WoW how gear was like 90 or 100% of the difference, and now it's like regimented to this tiny corner. Right. But, yeah, I feel like that is a big step forward for... I do too. I'm excited. I hope they, that that's the still case. Doing, they're still doing the thing where what you can queue with people who aren't your level, and they're gonna like try to round you out, right? Right. I think so. I haven't yeah, heard so, like, them how change. How can gear even make a difference at all <laughs> like, <laughs> if they're already doing all this like stat modulation to like get you up to the same level? Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, I would encourage people to go go watch the video. It was a. Uh, it was really uh informative and you know gave yeah. amatangela has a lot to say did you have did you see anything in that search well yeah it's it's a 10 minute long interview and, and he really does cover everything in pvp that uh, that is we're allowed to know for now um <laughs> like I, I don't know, know. <laughs> yeah well yeah you know if if they have any secrets left you know uh, uh but I, I I think he covered everything we need to know for now, you know. Um, about that 10% difference, maybe that stat is the thing that brings those 10%, uh, you know, uh, when compared to, I don't know, rating gear or other gear from the game. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the, that's the tool they're using to provide that little bit of edge for dedicated PvP players. And, you know, in MMOs, it's really important to cater to the PvP crowd. They're, yeah. They... They can be a considerable driving force for your game, you know, because there there doesn't have to be a lot of professional PVPers or you know a lot of dedicated PVPers, but they kind of are very loud on the forums, <laughs> and they can influence the the community's opinions. So you know you have to do PVP right. Right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if yeah cater to the PVP community kind of sounds like you're you know, giving them more than they deserve or something. Yeah. But, but I think you just need, but, but yes, I think if you just have to do it right, otherwise, otherwise people won't play. Well, so. I mean, if they do it right, their content is, um, it's more sustainable than like people mm -hmm. who do like quest lines and, and content that has to be written and runs out. So you could do 
war zones forever if you really really yeah. like it and they will potentially stick around if right. you make a pvp experience worth playing yeah so all right well next we have the uh there's a dev tracker post or several by georg uh there was a thread that was entitled why you with the letter u why you phasing bioware <laughs> and we've talked about why you phasing bioware <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry <laughs> um it was uh um and we've talked about phasing a little bit before like the things that we worry about are will it be hard to quest together with a friend and that kind of thing um the here the approach georg is approaching it more from the reason one of the reasons that they have instituted this phasing thing is to is to handle the the load on er, the early days of release which i hadn't really thought <laughs> of before yeah because we you know we've seen like in wow we're when it's not done right, it can be awful, you know, because there's a million people all fighting for the same mobs and all this kind of thing. Uh, um, and uh, Georg Zoller just says, well, these are the way, there are the few bad ways we could have handled it. And one would be, you know, we could we could make extra servers and then consolidate them later. But then, of course, people would be upset when, you know, they got mashed in with other servers or lost playing with their friends because something happened that kind of thing so we didn't they didn't want to do that they could deal with it by um by doing nothing and just letting players fight for the respawns uh and you know a few other different things that just weren't what they wanted to happen with the game so this phasing thing is he said it's going to be easily activated and deactivated as needed, um, and it's not going to be the kind of thing that happens all the time. It's just sort of this tool that they're going to use to kind of ease the ease the problem of of too many people in one place. Um, I also did you did you notice that when someone was trying to say that it was going to hurt PvP, and he said it really isn't going. But the one thing that struck me was he talked about reviving and stealth. Has anyone heard anyone talk about that? So do you like come to life and you're in stealth and nothing? What do they mean by that? What did he mean by that? Nobody? What did he say? <laughs> do you have like a quote or can you explain it better? <laughs> well, I, his quote was that you um, are, you know, you revive in, in stealth, meaning that, you know, you, what does it mean? <laughs> it, well, it says you re, you revive in stealth. When you die, when you first revive, they're saying that you revive in stealth. That is something that I did not know was going to be part of the game. But, gosh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, if you return to the med center, you're not going to be stealthed. So he must be talking about maybe when you use the medical droids. Could be. Is it, is it is it that you're actually in stealth, or is it just that you can't be touched? I don't know. Yeah, that that sounds more plausible. Uh, if I remember from the Tatooine video, or, or when they were playing Tatooine at E3, was it right? Uh, yes, or maybe. <laughs> yeah, when they revived him, when he got revived by, by the battle droid, I think he was like flashing, or he had a something a self visual indicator that showing that he's invulnerable at that time so that could give you a precious few seconds to run away from your ganker you know yeah that makes sense to me so that must be what maybe he was talking you know, about <laughs> whether it's health or, or invulnerability you know it doesn't really matter it's it's the same basic principle that he's talking about probably yeah he's saying okay so here's the quote uh he says what what the all right he says the player can just quick travel revive in stealth 
or revive at a medical center outside of your reach if he decides he has had enough. And he's talking about being ganked continuously by a player. So I don't know, maybe he's talking about something different. But but yes, plausibly, it could be just that you can't be touched. But anyway, Probably. that was something that I thought was a little odd about that, that post. Well, I'm really excited to see phasing on the earlier levels. First of all, y'all know I'm not a fan of it. Like, wow, did it for ice crown and and trying to get right. people summoned and that was just a nightmare horrible mm-hmm. nightmare okay don't do it in the middle of where people have to be synced up on their quest i mean that right. that that's horrible but in the examples that Georg used to where they're doing it like on your starter planets i you know i'm a big fan of it and i'm hoping that there would be a way that Let's say, you know, you and I grouped together to do some starter quest and you were in one phase and I was in another. Hopefully there's some way like Rift had that you can select which phase you need to be in to be with your friends. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know if that's available, you know, with with Tor, but in Rift, what we did um, is we all started off in different phases you know, not all, you know, I mean, you know, they broke you up into different phases so that there were more mobs for you to be able to kill and you didn't all have to sit there and wait and wait and wait for some mobs to spawn. I mean, I love the idea of phasing if it's utilized correctly. Don't make us exactly. do it, you know, to where we have to sync up our quest. But in, in this case, I think that they've got the right idea and I welcome it as long as we have the ability to join our friends in whatever phase they may be in. Right. And and I think they also are make that these little phased areas, they I think they're trying to make them short. So you're never so that you don't disappear for twenty minutes, you know, or while you have people waiting on you. So so yes, I I think I, I think of all the options to deal with the with the problem of, of overcrowded you know, spots. This this seems like the one that makes the most sense. Yep, certainly does. What about you, Serge? Well, uh, um, if done right, as you said, I can't agree more. If done right, phasing can be a great thing. I actually thought it was a great technological breakthrough because what MMOs missed uh, is that their world was static. It never changed, you know, because if you start a new character, you will see the same land and everything all over again. So it had to be the same for everyone, right? But with phasing, you were able to change the the, the world you were in, you know. If you would finish a quest, it would change that that part of the world for you, you know. And you and your friend could be at the same part of the world that looked different for you and mm-hmm. a friend that didn't do a quest, because you were in different phases, so to speak. But if done right, and that means that you and your friend can talk to each other, look at each other, but see a different <laughs> world around you, right? That would be an awesome feature to, to have. And World of Warcraft did something like that, but there were problems, as you said. And if Bioware has managed to circumvent those problems, then we are in for a great thing. You know, I think that phasing is a great... Um, um, technological breakthrough for MMOs, but uh, it still hasn't been utilized or done as good as it can be. But it's, yeah. it's, the, it's, a part, it's something that they should be going to. 
Yeah, I mean, you almost get the feeling like for WoW when they first introduced it, they were so excited to use it that they just, you know, like, we're going <laughs> to use this to the max. And even though, really, you know... with Gilneas, the, mm-hmm. the starting area for the Wargame, where it literally, like, every 30 minutes something insane happens to the city, it's like, now we're all underwater. <laughs> yeah. Now half people are dead. I was yes. like, this city is literally gone. That was... It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's another World of Warcraft cataclysm reference. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, too. So there are cool things about it, but yeah, you have to worry about well, it. Well, I love what you said about the MMO world being static, because yeah, that's really true, and it's like immersion-breaking, kind of, if you do all these quests, and you like figure that you save the town, and then they continue to stand there and ask other people for the same quest, and you're like, <laughs> come on! <laughs> How many times do you have to be saved? <laughs> that is such a much better option than queues, though. I mean, because that's mm-hmm. my biggest fear, is there's going to be so many people oh, right. trying to, to play it. this game. Yeah. Just to get into the game. And just to get into the game. And, and if they don't do something like phasing, you're going to be faced with queues. There's, there's just no way around it. And I'm hoping that the phasing will, you know, not hurt us in reference to, I don't want long queues. Uh, please, yeah, don't make me go through long queues. That is just the most horrible thing. Well, I I have a comment there because um, phasing. I don't think that phasing is going to help long queues at all uh, because queues are something that is designed to let uh, a certain amount of players to be on the server as a whole, right? While phases are something that is designed to hold a certain number of players within a zone, within a certain zone, that's a subsection of a server, right? So um, phases and, and queues are different to technologies to uh, make life you know, to make the gaming experience better for everyone, right? So uh, I don't think that phasing is, is necessarily going to eliminate uh, queues unless they made another technological breakthrough where the phasing helps that. But uh, uh, instead, it's just going to help you not lag within the area you're in, you know? Well, I, but combine I that. Yeah, but I think Gare does specifically cite that as the reason to do it. So I don't know if he's just making that up or or if they figured out a way to make, you know, to if they actually are going to try to use that to control overpopulation in specific areas. Well, I think if you combine this, the phasing, with what BioWare is being proactive to do with guilds, I have never seen so many guilds getting created and... Uh, you know, yeah. people recruiting for their guilds so early on. We don't even have a release date, you know. <laughs> and these guilds are are going in like a, a recruiting frenzy to get all their friends in the guild so that they can actually know what server they're going to be on and let Bioware, you know, balance it out. Because let's be honest, that is the only reason why Bioware is doing what they're doing with the mm-hmm. guilds is so that they can disperse them amongst the servers so that they can some have some sort of quasi-balance amongst the servers. And um, so there won't be a huge, huge queue. Because they know that, like, um, I have friends and my guild is going to be on X amount of server, so they're going to have an influx of everybody have bringing their friends along that may not be in the guild. So they've got to, you know... Take that into consideration, too. And I think that if you combine that, you know, dispersion with phasing, 
I think I think they're going about things the right way to to minimize cues. Right. Yep. Yeah, we can keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope. All right, coming up um, in Birmingham, England, is Game Fest, September 16th through the 18th. Anybody have any comments about that? Not really. I know that, I, that they're just, it's going to be there. Bioware's going to be there with tour, so hopefully, you know, you'll get to play or <laughs> whatever. I think Saturday is sold out, I noticed when I when I checked the site recently. So I think, yeah. I've never heard of Games Fest is that how Game big is fest? Yeah, fest. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that it's really big. I and it kind of has this weird thing where you have to sign up for a bonus reward card <laughs> to what? attend. So oh, that seems awesome. a little weird to me. Yeah, you have to. I mean, it's free, but you have to before you can go. You have to, you have to sign up for a reward card. It's kind of like when you go to Best Buy and you know <laughs> they they track your online purchases and offer you deals and things like that. So I I don't. I don't know anything about it other than that. I tried to look it up, but I hadn't heard of it either. So is that a company-like related game fest or, um, you know, gaming convention or something that's specific to? Um, I, That's a good question. I don't know. I Kind of weird. Anyway. Tor is going to be there. All right. Yay. Yay. Uh, okay. And then, then. Can't wait for the highlights video. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that's not the only thing they released that day. <laughs> okay. The next one is uh, Euro Gamer Expo on September the 22nd through the 25th. And this is supposed to be the largest gaming show in England. And it's in London. Anybody have anything on that? Tor is going to be there? That's yeah. going to be exciting for the European fans, I think. Yeah, that's the the big one there, right? Absolutely. It's the, it's the second. I, I don't know if it's the well, second. Well, the German one is actually really big too. But anyway, that's yeah. Gamescom is the biggest one in Europe and probably one of the biggest ones in the world. But um, Eurogame is Eurogamer is big because it's in uh, in United Kingdom and um, in London, and I think a lot of people are going to be visiting that. Yep. Cool. Looking forward to stuff comes out of there. But, I don't know if if the BioWare team is going to be uh, that have that much presence at the um, uh, at the previous co- convention you talked about the game thing. Game uh, Fest, the one we can't yeah, remember the name. Right? <laughs> I can't remember the name. Game Co UK is one of the biggest retailers for games in in the United Kingdom, right? So it's kind of their convention, right? It's and it's oh. for their customers. I think that's the that's the thing. So it's it's probably just showcasing the game and not that much of a event where they you know have Q and A's and presentations and stuff like that. I'm not sure. This is unconfirmed. This is just my speculation. You know, th- th- there's a disclaimer here, right? Show us that. That's, that's where they're going to announce the release date. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your gamer is a different one. It's probably going to have some uh, someone there from the officials, you know, and it's going to be more like packs or something, you know. Cool. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's just move on to our quick mentions where we just knock off real fast. Uh, there's a Gama Sutra article uh, where EA CFO Eric Brown talked at a conference and he emphasized quality of service and play, you know, blah, blah, blah. The the most interesting thing that he said, Q4, quarter four ship. So that's still the, the holiday release target that they've been talking about. Um, the most interesting thing I thought is he just mentioned, someone asked about uh, like 
expansions. Um, and he said, well, you know, we are not talking about that, but you know, the industry standard for new content is 18 to 24 months. So that gives us a hint as to, you know, what maybe they're shooting for. Is it really? Of... Is that still the industry standard? I feel like people have been getting out, like, content faster. I hope that that's not yeah. what they maybe stick to. Yeah, maybe he's thinking of WoW. Yeah, 18 WoW months. did it. We're now, like, well, I may be thinking of the wrong games, but, like, and... I guess an expansion is different than, like, DLC. But I know that, like, Mass right. Effect DLC was coming out, like, three months after. Yeah, like, but that's, release. that's like, a game that you play on your PC or on your Xbox, yeah. which is different from designing an MMO, new content for an MMO, isn't it's it? It's really. I don't think. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's the framework that is already set up, so you're just, like, you know, downloading more audio, so, downloading more, like, right. just content. So, Bioware, we expect an expansion by the end of next no, year. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my concern was is that, you know, Blizzard was doing their expansions every two years about, you know, and that was okay in the beginning. But as this article even states, um, gamers are wanting more content faster. So I'm hoping that they don't stick to that 18 months to 24 months window because I, I think that they're going to find, you know, people yawning. I take back my comment, because I now understand, I realize that it's ridiculous to clamor for expansions for a game without a release date. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Never mind. <laughs> um, we also just wanted to say congratulations to Darth Hader. They have joined the Curse Gaming Network. Um, I, I think Ooh, yeah, very exciting. I know that they've, you know, been hoping for something like that. So I wore and... my Darth Hater button in all my PAX interviews. <laughs> yes, you do all one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so congratulations. You guys have you guys really deserve it cuz the the amount of work and effort and the people that are that the man hours that goes into making the site and the podcast is just phenomenal. So uh so so good job you guys. Absolutely. Congratulations. All right. Well, that leads. Yeah, and that leads us to the Star Wars eBay charity auction. Lucasfilm and 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment have partnered together to raise money for charity, stand up for cancer. We've got a link to it in our show notes. Very good cause. Buy your Blu-ray from them and other things. Yeah, they also they have things like like crazy things like they're auctioning off a 2012 VW Passat that has star that is Star Wars themed somehow. I don't know if it has like a big picture of Darth Vader on the side door or something, but but uh but yeah, so like like inter- like rare memorabilia and so if you're a big Star Wars fan, you know, this is a way to to get your stuff and help support uh, ca- cancer research. So, that's got to be good. Absolutely. And just real quickly, I um, want to mention that one or more of us were on uh, a couple of other podcasts um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, we were on Torocast on the Megacast. Uh, we were also, Kathy and I were on Sunny's Diner because Roxanne was on vacation taking up the sun. And then last night I was a guest on Bootleg Radio. So, yeah, we will have links, and you can check those out if you haven't already uh, listened to them. And and finally, I just wanted to point people to uh, our Corellian Run Radio website. We just have regular stuff going on, the Holonet links. The, the most recent one done by Jason Taylor had a bunch of just amusing little things that you may have missed, like a little video or an article, that kind of thing. So the Holonet links appears every 
Thursday, and every Monday, uh, he, Jason also highlights a specific guild. So Guild Checkpoint is his column there. So uh, go ahead and check those out. And if you are a guild, then contact us at curlingrun at gmail.com and, and uh, you know, maybe get your guild highlighted. And I think that's it for all the tour news. Sid. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi. Last time we found out that Kathy and Roxanne would never cut in line because it's not right. We also found out that Carla doesn't call it cutting in line. She calls it joining friends. <laughs> Absolutely. So far, <laughs> our scores stand at Carla, negative six, Kathy, plus 14, Roxanne, plus five. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. All right, you guys, today, this week, it is the test of the address labels. I'm curious, actually, if this is something that happens to Surge, so we'll find out. Yes. Um, you sort through your mail and see an envelope from the March of Dimes, a charitable organization working towards preventing birth defects and diseases in children. Inside is the usual solicitation letter, along with a sheet of personalized return address labels and a dime. You do not feel you can contribute to the cause at this time. What do you do? One, recycle the letter and envelope. Throw away the return address labels since they are for donors. Take the dime to the local McDonald's and put it in the March of Dimes contribution box. Two, recycle the letter and envelope. Keep the return address labels and the dime. You've supported them in the past and may do so again, so you don't feel too bad using them. Three, throw away the letter and envelope. Keep the return address labels and dime, even though you have no intention of ever sending them a check. Okay, Roxanne. What would you do? Um, I need you go first again. I know. And I don't know why this one's so hard for me. <laughs> I, it, it's probably because I don't understand any of it. I was like, what, someone mailed me a dime? <laughs> That's what's going on in this scenario? <laughs> I will keep the dime, and I will... I can't actually donate money. That's not a... It's not a choice. No, it's not a choice. <laughs> well, real Roxanne would send money <laughs> because she loves charity. <laughs> but I guess Sith or Jedi, Roxanne would probably do, I guess, two or three just because, like, if I'm not going to send back money, then, like, it seems like a lot of effort to, like, go to a McDonald's and recycle. I don't, one, I don't know how to recycle paper, which is why this <laughs> planet's in trouble. <laughs> And, uh, I, you guys know I have a problem with mail. Like, how can there mail so they're Jedi's? <laughs> so I'm going to throw away the letter in the envelope, keep the return address labels. I'm not going to use them because I don't use mail. And then I'm going to keep the dime. And then I, so I guess I'm Sith on this one. But it's not because I'm a bad person. It's because I'm, like, really confused. <laughs> how about you, Carlos? I don't know which is worse, being confused or being Sith. <laughs> um yeah number three all the way sorry i mean you know don't send me the dime if you don't want me to keep it <laughs> i do support charities and but i support the charities i want to support not because you sent me a dime and some silly address labels and yes i do use them by the way 
<laughs> okay, Serge, did this Sith or Jedi even make sense to you? Like, this is not a scenario I would be f familiar with. It's, it's. I can understand the premises, but it's not something I would ever like face in real life or anything. Okay. There is spam mail, but we'd never get it from charities or anything. There uh -huh. are people coming to doors and asking for charity, like, like for some institution, like the Red Cross mm -hmm. or something, and 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 that's the the situation I would be faced with probably. But um, I like the idea of giving the penny to the McDonald's um, uh -huh. uh, donation thing, and that's probably what I would do. But recycling paper, I don't think so. No. So there's a, there's a, like there's a if if I can pick like you know one part of each of the answers, you know that there's there's probably something in there for me. This is a hard one. It huh? was a hard one. It yeah. is oddly specific. <laughs> yes, right. And you're not allowed to give. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, this is something that I struggle with. Well, I don't actually struggle with it, but uh, but uh, but yes, I, I this idea that they're going to send you a present to guilt you into giving to them, <laughs> I, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I'm definitely using the return address labels. <laughs> so, well, you yeah. should use them because they like killed a tree to make them. Yeah, that's some right. factory worker probably like made those labels <laughs> that, that's right so uh, like i guess that's for me that's neutral i uh i've chosen the neutral path i didn't ask them to send me the labels but it doesn't make sense to waste them carla and um roxanne were dark side recycling is for tree huggers and you don't respond to charitable solici solicitations because it just encourages them to fill your mailbox with more junk of course you're using the labels if they're dumb enough to keep sending them you to you you're smart enough to keep taking advantage i'm not sure where serge fell in there <laughs> i'm all over the board there so as <laughs> a as a smuggler as a smuggler i'm a part light side part dark side so you know that in kind of character. <laughs> well, I guess we would maybe give you a neutral one. <laughs> okay. The, the fact that you were actually going to make the trip to return the dime kind of goes light side to me. Yep. And I actually had a friend who the other day did that exact thing. Uh, she and I was like, you took the dime to the McDonald's and contributed. <laughs> and how much did it cost her in gas to get there? <laughs> Hopefully she got McDonald's food and yes. wasn't just like... <laughs> wasn't just there. Lord, Lord. And I was Is like, this wow. the headquarters for March of Dimes? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a Sinner Jedi that led me to believe this was the case. <laughs> So, oh well. All right. Well, you can read all the past Sith or Jedi tests on our site at Corellian1.com. Keep score and see which way you lean. Okay, that sound means it's time for our community buzz, where we take a look at the issues the fans are talking about. Weekend testing. General testing. Beta, beta, beta. Guild testing. Oh, Lord, Stephen Reed had his hands full this last week. <laughs> He's talking about, uh, there was a, um, if you do the dev tracker, which is one of my favorite spots on the forums, um, you can read all about, uh, Stephen Reed talking about what, you know, the differences between early game testing and beta testing weekends and guild testing and game testing. I didn't know there were all these different testings. Did you? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I knew that the weekend testing was separate from the general testing that has been going on. Those are like separate. I think they're all, they're playing on 
their own servers, right? Isn't that what we? What, That's what the we one, heard. The one yes. time it happened. <laughs> so, so yeah, guild testing. I'm not sure about. Is guild testing happening with the general testing? I thought population? so, but I didn't I know so, for right? sure. But so these are basically. He was talking about how they're they're and the, and then the early game access is like a completely separate thing that has nothing to do with testing. That just has to do with whether but they you're didn't mention it in this thread, which was confusing. Right, and which he clarified later. He said, you know, don't get it confused with the other. But but essentially, he was laying out Stephen Reid saying these are three separate ways that you can get invited to the game. One is, and and they all involve you going up to sign up for testing on the site. So that's the the portal in or the way you get start started is the same but then they are drawing three separate you know ways to get to get you in from that from that pool and one is the general testing which many people have been trying to get into for a long time and then they they started this new weekend testing and then finally you might get invited if your guild is invited and um so that's and actually that doesn't that doesn't that maybe you don't have to sign up or maybe you didn't. Maybe you got invited for your guild. I'm not sure how that works. Does anybody know how guild? Well, they works? just said that they selected guilds who are registered at their guild headquarters, and so just you because your the... guild got invited does not mean that everybody. It's extended to in all guild. guild members. Oh, okay. Right. Is so it, you would... have to be in the guild, but also signed up for testing. I would to probably. Qualify for that. I would think so. Okay. Yeah. But. That makes sense, because then you could just sign up for the guild, right? And then you're (laughs) automatically in testing. Right, right. Well, it does say see above when it talks about, you know, for inclusion in game testing. So apparently you do have to at least be signed up. Right. And so, and then the sort of the next, not I don't want to say controversy, but things that people got a little surprised and slash upset about was the fact that I think the when at PAX, when they announced September 2nd begins the beta testing weekends, I think the assumption was that every weekend was going to be a new, is going to be another round of invites um, and more, to, and every weekend was going to have there was there was going to be weekend testing, but they announced recently because of some snafus with the invites and you know who knows what else, whatever else went on after that first weekend, they did not. They decided not to do testing for the second weekend in September, and they're they're not sure how many more weekends they're going to do at all. So I think that was a little bit of like oh, it seemed like an about face to me. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, may I? Please. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it was very unfortunate the whole thing. Um, in what in in this regard, um, they announced it um, at PAX, right? And mm-hmm. they just said like two or three sentences about it. There were no specifics. The, the first thing I did was send like ten questions to Dave Vass and Steve mm-hmm. Reed about beta testing, right? And those questions were not answered for well up until like a couple of days ago, which is like fifteen days after I sent them or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were answered on the official forums, of course. But you know, um, it's something none of the community knew before Stephen Reed posted on the forums, right? So uh, the, that announcement well, should have been more detailed, in my in my opinion. And then this I, confusion yeah. would have been you know avoided. They actually mentioned weekend testing. Before PAX, yeah, but we didn't know when. What the big announcement at PAX was that September second was going to be yeah. the first weekend testing. But but you're right. Even in the pre, so we we've known about it for a while, but but details we we didn't get details. Yeah, I think we talked about this last show a little, but I feel like 
the stuff they said about testing was a little vague at PAX, but it seemed like they made a bunch of ridiculously ambitious promises. Like the way <laughs> well, with, no, like, it was Kristen more like was talking, it was more like the tone, the tone <laughs> as opposed to the tone. Well, because the way it sounded was, he said, if you're signed up for testing, we're going to get you in before yeah. launch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, he didn't use those exact words, but that was kind of like, yeah, definitely the impression that I got yeah. sitting in that room. It's like, oh, those are big words. I was like, oh, that seems ridiculous. That just seems like launch before launch or something. Yeah, yeah. So so that was, I I, I think, just the the... Yeah, the message seemed to have changed a little bit. But anyway, there's a fact which you should check out. Um, and and then when you fold in this whole, the whole EU game testing, the, the, uh, there's, well, and Serge can probably talk about this a little bit more, but I, they've been promising for a while to get to test outside of North America. That's what, that's all that's going on, right? So Canada, United States is what's going on now. Or is it, is Canada being tested right now? Does anybody know? I I think there was a wave of invites recently for Canada as well. Okay. I think uh, Stephen tweeted about it. Okay. So so and and Chris Collins, who is the European Community Manager, I I think I'm not sure the exact title, but he had been kind of saying, you got you know we're going to start testing your the European places. Uh, countries soon and kind of getting you know like any day now and then suddenly on like september 6th he's like oh guess what it's not happening we started we ran into some troubles and so yeah <laughs> so how did you feel serge when you started getting the the new message well it's hard for the europeans uh, in general um because we know that the North American game testing started like one or two years ago, and it's been hard to watch our, our gamer friends from the United States test the game that we like so much. And we we were not able to because of the region we live in. But um, at the same time, it's something that's become standard practice among MMOs, that, um, and especially for North American developers to test the game on their home soil, right? So Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of technical problems you have to avoid, like lag and, and ping spikes and, you know, connections. And, you know, it just takes a lot of uh, variables... Um, uh, out of the picture if you test close to home or close to where um, your servers are. Um, that being said, um, uh, the problem we have been having lately is that there was talk of immediate start of EU testing. And then there was Gamescom, the biggest um, gaming convention in Europe, and and which is something where we expected to hear more about the beta for uh, Europeans, and that not, that didn't happen. So the excitement has been ri- rising for a while now, and it has reached, you know, its peak right now. And then we get the news: well, you know, we have technical problems, and we can't invite you yet. Um, that that was, you know, it was crushing us. It was soul crushing, as I like to say. It was just, you know, for fans like me, and here's a disclaimer, I'm a total freak about SW Tour, you know, not everyone <laughs> spends, like, the hours and hours of free time to write about their game, you know. So, um, my my opinions are a bit more fueled with passion and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just colored with that, but, um, uh, looking at it reasonably, uh, you, you know, when you start large te- testing, it, it, you should ex- expect problems like that. And we shouldn't be, 
that um, you know we should just wait. If we waited for two years, we can wait for two more weeks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I and I think that Chris Collins does say you know part of the the problem is well they had I think the with the invites that was kind of the, there were some snafus there and so they just weren't able to do it when they wanted to and then by the time they got that straightened out they were on the eve of launching a new build where which would require character wipes and um and you know, you'd have to download the game again, <laughs> um, which is hours or, or days, depending on your internet connection. So he, you know, he said rather than put the European uh, testers through that, he thought it would. They th they made the difficult decision. It wasn't something that just a snap judgment. They said they decided after much consideration just to hold off, so that they could get a clean start and they wouldn't have to worry about you know start starting again after just like a couple of days of playing. So I guess that makes sense to me. Um, and the and he emphasized the fact that these this new build is going to include the French and German language, so you so people will be able to play in those languages for the first time, uh, which is very cool. Does um, any other game has any other game done that? You know, yeah. At, for yeah. testing, they've they've released testing in different languages. Well, I think Aeon did. Uh, uh, um, they had all three languages at launch, and I think they had all three languages at at their beta weekends. I don't know about Rift though. I think Rift had that, those as well. And uh, prior to that, I don't remember if World of Warcraft had it initially. It was a long time ago. I know I played it in English anyway, so I, I can't remember if they had a French and a German client during beta testing. I do remember that they had the same kind of trouble and that Europeans were invited much later in the game. Actually, that game launched in Europe like four or five months after the U.S. launch. But yeah. But, but more recently, every every uh, more recent MMO has been la launched almost sim simultaneously in both regions. So that's why we're so anxious to see the same thing happen for uh, the old republic. You know, uh, right? So yeah, let's Europe. let's move on. Let's move away from testing and just just game release in general. We know there's a list of countries on the official site. That we know is going to have is going to share the you know the first release date. You know, North America is in that, on that list. You know, the UK or you know uh, various countries. Russia is actually one of them, and there there are specific countries that are that are going to be included. There are there are some big. Uh, big blank spots such as you know Australia is not on that list. No Asian countries are on that list. So that, so and in Serbia is certainly not on that list. So you're gonna, yeah yeah you you are not you are quote you, you call it the red zone, <laughs> the countries that yeah, are not going to get that first release. So 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 yes, <laughs> um, I know that this is something that is probably very near and dear to your heart. Um, were you were you surprised that that to see. That that were there were some countries that were not going to be get that same day release. It's it's a really uh, hard topic for me because the game is so dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and well, I have a couple of stories if you don't mind me sharing. Mm -hmm. um, at the time that pre-order was announced, um, I actually have a couple of other websites that run advertisements, and actually EA Electronic Arts bought some ad space on those sites, and I knew about the pre-order because they wanted to promote the pre-order, right? Mm -hmm. So I knew about the pre-order about two weeks in advance or something. And, you know, I was getting my money ready. For, I 
uh, for three copies of the game. I, I buy one for my wife, one for me, and one for my best friend, you know. And um, I was all excited about it. Then pre-orders, they came, and then they announced that there's uh, countries from which you can't pre-order, you know. It was really something that was an unpleasant experience. But... Um, Listen, looking at the history of MMO launches, you can see that the similar practices have been applied before. They were not welcomed by the community with open mm -hmm. arms, but that is something that is not unusual for M MMO launches. And when you look at the Old Republic, I think Steven uh, said it in forum post that the, um, it's 27 gigabytes of, uh, for the client. Mm -hmm. If you can imagine how big that game really is, uh, and if you take into consideration there's millions of people actually wanting to get in and if you then yes. think about the server infrastructure and the background and everything i can understand how they came to that conclusion although how, no matter how soul crushing it is right <laughs> but um, um i i don't i don't i don't understand why some parts of europe were left out and some parts of europe are in um, that there's, it feels like there's a, a guy from marketing or a marketing research that did uh, some number crunching and then decided based on best, um, I don't know, some kind of numbers, <laughs> that is, uh, like best profit or something, and decided, you know, this these countries are best for us. And that's not in line with games and gamers, you know. That's nothing, not, not, you know, games are supposed to bring fun and not talk about figures. Right. But, you know, they have to make their money, of course, and we all understand that. I, and, uh, I like how every time we, we, we hear like something, we don't like something, we don't understand it. Like we some always, EA person we, came in here yeah, and <laughs> we blame it on marketing. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, though the people from Bioware, they're so decent. You know, you, 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 you can't be them. Going to wall Serbia, you know, uh, let's cross them off the list, you know. I that, right? Uh, so, uh, um, no, it's, it's, um, it's been a sore spot, but if they do it right, it's not really going to be a big deal. At least uh, most of the European countries are in. And, you know, at least a lot of players, like, I don't know, probably 75% of, of possible players are going to be in. and Or or 80%, 90 I don't know the figure, right? But um, at least as many as, uh, as possible are going to get in. And it's going to be a smoother launch. And we'll see what that does for the game. I hope it does the best for the game, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, and we'll see in retrospect in a year from now, no one's going to remember this. At this point in time, it's such a big deal. But right. it doesn't matter if when the game launches and when everything gets, you know, put together right, no one's going to care. If the game is good and if, if everybody is enjoying the game, it's going to be all right. I'm hoping that... Um, uh, quote unquote red zone countries are going to be um, admitted very soon after the game launch. So but, um, are there like workarounds that some people are going to order it from a different place and they're going to use those little things you can stick on your computer to make it look like you're coming from somewhere else? I mean, are, I've heard various theories okay, well, about the First of all, there's not going to be any DNS limiting. They're not mm -hmm. limiting where you are from. Is you it said just... that it's just the fact that they're just not selling it in those areas. For example, Australia, 
several of the people that I know from Australia, I've kind of been polling them and asking them just outright mm-hmm. asking, and they order it from Amazon.com. Right. So. I was going to say, does Origin not work? Origin does not work. I mean, I've got a friend that lives in Mexico. I mean, they can't order it. He had to pay, you know, the what the small version of the game was what fifty nine dollars. His by the time he paid for it, uh, yeah, fifty nine, sixty nine, whatever it is. Um, he had to pay like twice the price. Like it cost him like a hundred and twenty five dollars to get it sent. To, because he had to pay duty and all of that to get it sent to Mexico. So, and he's but, not even getting a Darth Malgus statue. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, that's just the cheap version, you know. So he's willing to pay twice the price just to be able to play this game. So, Bioware, you got a yeah. lot of loyal fans out there. <laughs> I gotta admit, I, I paid three hundred dollars for my collector's <gasps> edition. Because uh, it's it's like two hundred dollars or something for the game at Amazon. Uh, at German Amazon, and then shipping and handling, and then wow. uh, the customs when it get, when it gets in. Um, but then I I purchased two digital copies from Origin through my brother in in in, in the United States. That was but I wanted the Darth Malgus <laughs> statue. <so bad>. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the problem is that the real big fans are getting hurt by this. But, you know, you can't satisfy everyone. If you do, you're going to fail at the technical point of, of things because um, not only are you going to have queues, you're going to have crashed servers, and that's that's going to be terrible for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and then there's the other side. <laughs> if you have too many servers and then your, your population doesn't rise or it, it dwindles, you're going to have a problem merging those servers together, and that's never good publicity. Mm-hmm. So Aeon, for example, they launched with uh, – they had like 20,000 queues that lasted for seven hours or something. Um, and then they introduced a couple more servers, and now they merged all those into like four servers or something out of like 14 that they started with. So in, in, in as a, when you look at the big picture at not only just three months from now, but at three years from now, this is a better decision. Although it's very hard for me to admit, mm-hmm. but I can understand Bioware's point. You know, from their side, it's a good, really good. Uh, uh, it's a really good decision. For me, as a as a as a rabbit fan, mm-hmm. it's terrible. For some yeah. gamers, for some gamers that don't really care. Oh, okay, well, another month or so, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You know. Right. So there's a different level of excitement and definition of how bad or good this is. So. So maybe I I don't know if you're plugged in more to the European community community than we are, but do you do you feel like most people you talk to that are in your situation are kind of taking you know that more measured? Okay, I don't like it, but I understand. Or are people more un, more angry? Or <laughs> what what is the temperature of the community? Do you think? Well, I was really surprised because I was going to the local for- gaming forums with blood in my eyes and red eyes and everything, <laughs> you know, like fuming with rage and everything. And um, but I was really surprised not to see the same sentiment from everyone on the forums. You know, there was a couple of fan fanboys like me that you know rea- reacted the same, but a lot of them said, "Well, man, okay, that's that's the way it happens." You know, uh-huh. uh, it happened with other games as well. It's not like something we couldn't have expected to happen, you know. 
Uh-huh. The problem is the, the, what's the, the big difference that has changed bef- between 2004 when World of Warcraft launched and now. Uh, technology has moved on a lot, and there's a lot of companies that tried launching simu- simultaneously on different in different regions and succeeded at it. Mm-hmm. So that's why the expectations have risen in between, the, right. you know, in the meantime. So, but, I, but I guess the difference is the size, the scale of this MMO. Yeah, but it's this is be- yeah, this is un. How many pre-orders do they have? Digital pre-orders, four hundred thousand. Yeah, four hundred, just over four hundred thousand right now. Is that yeah. digital pre-orders or no, that's just pre-orders total? No, no, that's, that's pre-orders without one part. I think it's without Origin or something. I think I that's think it's just yeah, the box. It's right? just the box. Yeah. If, I'm looking at that V chart, something we actually had a link to on our chart, site. Yeah. yeah, they. It was like it, I haven't checked it actually in more than a week, but at the when I checked it, it was like four hundred thousand, and they said this is only retailer copies, does not include digital. So yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, at launch, it's going to be a million, right? Pre-orders and Easily, another million. Right? That's well, in that's... fact, didn't someone recently go? I think someone from EA said, or or no, it was like a little boutique company or something. A uh, investors' company saying that they were predicting something like three million. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be big, whatever the number is. And that's without selling to countries that you know that are in the red zone. So uh, even it, it's so big and. Especially if you look at an MMO space, it's just big, bigger than anything else that have uh, that has ever happened, and they're trying their best not to make it a bad experience because they, that's what they pledged to. I hope they succeed, and I hope that this move is actually something that will um, give the game a boost it needs at start. You know, and if everything works out all right at start, then the, the red zone countries that are going to get in. Uh, really quick it, uh, as well, you know. So that's I'm hoping that this is the right move. Uh, whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter. It's it's you know it's their decision. I'm you know I'm just it'll, gonna say yeah. It'll be the right move if we have a smooth launch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But if, yeah. But if we don't get the smooth launch, and then yeah, then then it'll be ugly. But but if it works and if the way they want it to, then all will be forgiven in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. I want to go on record that if if you guys, if Bioware succeeds with this staggered launch and that brings a good launch to everyone, that I supported it. And if it <laughs> did, I can't go on. Right? <laughs> you supported me even though it hurt you as a fan. <laughs> yeah. Tried a bit inside, you know. So go Jedi on this test. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it uh, for the podcast. We've uh, we've a uh, few people to thank. Number one is Serge. For, uh, thank you for coming on the show. We really enjoy getting the perspective from a you know a non-American or non uh, whatever <laughs> fan. It was good to to hear what you guys are thinking. Um, I also want to thank Joe Jobaleka Jobalika for leaving us a positive re- review on iTunes. We always appreciate when people take the time to do that. And a reminder to our listeners that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Zoom. And you can contact us through our website at CorellianRun.com. And up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a Twitter and Facebook button. Just click on it, and you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Leave us your questions or ideas for discussion topics in our forums or by voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail message at 281 766 
4511. And Serge, do you have contact information you want to share about your website? And Well, you just look at the show notes and visit our site. We have a lot of uh, interesting uh, old republic information and, and articles by new writers as well and thank you for having me on the show it was a pleasure it, it felt like listening to my favorite radio show or podcast Aww. but actually you know, <laughs> so it was it was a great experience thank you very much oh you're thank welcome you. your, your website is it s-w-t-o-r hyphen life.com slash life.com Okay. <laughs> All right. So we will definitely put a link in our show notes. Um, and I think that's it. All right. That wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Roxanne. And I'm Carla. And I'm Kathy. May the force be with you. And may you never pay for your return address envelopes. <laughs> You've been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Jeff Hollis say... Hey, this is Jeff from TorWars.com, and uh, I'm drunk! End transmission.